than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666-mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal Are you feeling special today? I always feel special, man. Special you, Ed. You, you are kind of We're both kind of special, really. <laughs> but here we are with another uh, special episode. This one on the interview we did with Joey Vera. So Fates Warning. Yeah, Armored Saint, Armored Fates Saint, Warning. Killing Anthrax. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's definitely you know put in his time and he's still killing it. And he was a really, really great interview. Really liked this. Oh, yeah. Um, this was the first uh, interview that I did using the new software. So this one, I think you guys will notice, sounds a lot better than some of these others. <laughs> yeah, it should sound pretty. It does sound pretty good. I've yeah. heard it. So yeah, it does yeah. sound pretty good. And Joey was really fun. He's a great guy, and uh, I think you guys will like it. Uh, we only used like six minutes of it in episode right. 17 which would have been uh the Iceman episode we used just a little bit of it um but this one is the full thing it's about 30 minutes um but what's interesting is i asked him a question about what kind of gear he uses right and i was just kind of figuring he was going to say well i play this kind of bass and this amp and the, you know joey went like fucking hard core so awesome it's like 10 minutes of it yeah it's so awesome dude yeah so anybody who's a musician especially a bass player you're really gonna like to hear yeah uh what he says here and discusses and he is uh you know he's been doing this so long but he's just got a really amazing grasp of the gear side for sure so it's really cool and then after the gear he talks about other stuff with me so it really we go from one uh, thing to the other, like in any interview. But uh, if the gear stuff is a little much for you, just wait it out because there's a lot more. There's a good whole stuff lot more. Yeah, it's after. a great fucking interview. Yeah, thank you. I, I think it turned out good, and so uh, we are going to let it roll and hear uh, from the man himself, Joey Vera. I have the pleasure of speaking to Joey Vera, bass playing beast from Armored Saint and Fate's Warning. Such a pleasure, Joey. I've been a fan uh, since March of the Saint came out. I saw you guys on tour with Metallica and Wasp at the Agora Ballroom in Hartford, Connecticut. It was incredible. Um, totally got me into the more underground metal scene, and just from there I went crazy. So as a metalhead, I wanted to say thank you for your contribution to the cause. I see you guys just did... The uh, U.S. tour for uh, the Armored Saint Symbol of Salvation tour. And how did that go? I heard that the crowds were great. Yeah, um, it, it went very well. I just got home the other night, uh, yesterday, in fact. And um, the crowds were amazing. We had a great time uh, everywhere. The response was um, was far beyond what we expected. And um, 
we had a lot of fun playing this record in its entirety. That was something that was totally unknown for us. But um, everything went really well. That's really cool. I saw, I think, one track uh, or one song you guys did at one of the shows on YouTube, and it, it sounded killer even like that. So I'm sure it was it was awesome. Yeah, it was it was really good, really good vibes all the all the way around. It was great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now beyond this, I know you guys are doing something in Europe, right? Yeah, we're uh, actually week after next. We're flying out to Europe to do a few shows with this same symbol thing. Uh, there's two festivals that we're playing. Um, one is the Brutal Assault Festival in the Czech Republic, and the other one is. Um, Alcatraz Festival in Belgium and nice. those we're going to do a condensed kind of version of the symbol tour but then we're doing a handful of headline shows around it um, a couple in Germany and a couple in the Netherlands and those we're doing the full uh, symbol of salvation thing again oh, cool. um, and it's only we're only gone like I don't know nine days or something so it's relatively short and then we come back from that and literally a couple of days after that, we do three shows on the West Coast here, um, one in L.A., one in Anaheim, and one in Vegas. And th that's where we're continuing to do the symbol, uh, symbol touring then. And then we are doing this whole thing all over again back in Europe, but a little more of an extensive run uh, in November and wow. so we're going back to Europe in November and, you know, hitting some of the same places, Germany and, and Holland, but also going to some places we've never been, such as um, Hungary and playing in Prague and, oh, so, man. and a couple of shows in, one in Italy and Switzerland. So it's a little more extensive and we'll be doing symbol there as well. Wow. That's awesome, yeah. man. I didn't yeah. realize it was going on that long. That's that's pretty cool, man. That's great. Yeah, we felt like, you know, uh, Europe was kind of getting snubbed from, from the symbol run. We got a lot of mail saying, hey, what about us? Oh, you know, so right. We, uh, <laughs> so we're doing some stuff over there for the Europeans because, uh, you know, Europe's been very supportive of our career. So, oh, yeah. So we're just we're still having fun with it. And, uh, and it's been going well. We we actually recorded um, a video recorded um the show in new york on this last run you know multi-camera thing so the oh, idea sweet. is to kind of put out a product of i don't know dvd, DVD. sort yeah oh man um, that'd be great of the of the show and the, all the live audio and maybe some bonus stuff and so right but I'm, that'll be for sometime in the future but um we're just having fun with it right now it's going well that's really cool man i gotta say too just changing track slightly the new Live Fates warning uh, live over Europe is unbelievable. It sounds yeah. so good. I had the pleasure yeah. of seeing you guys on the tour when you guys played Joliet, and the new stuff is just so incredible live, and you guys really captured it on there. But how is that response to Fates warning over there in Europe? That's been really good. I mean, I've been getting a lot of a lot of comments everywhere I go. Um, people just love the new record. They they do make a comment on the sound of it and the production and also just the song performances oh. and everything. Uh, and we're really happy with it. We think it turned out great. Um, it was really, um, you know, what do you say? It was like a we felt really proud 
that we went out and did all of these songs, you know, it was a lot of material to learn and a lot of material to pull off live. And uh, it was a lot of hard work, but it really paid off in the end. I think it was, uh, it came out really good and we're all super proud of it. That's amazing. Yeah, I actually get a, a brief conversation with Joe DeBias when he had to play those few dates. And mm-hmm. he said, my God, this new stuff is insane. He was, he definitely was challenged. And I, as a bass player, man, I've always appreciated your abilities. But man, the the tone on that album and always when I've seen you live is just absolutely killer. Yeah, thank you. No problem, man. It's It's just, it's great to hear a bass tone that really pops but it's not overbearing it's just like i said it's just very tasteful right in the right place but i was just curious uh in case we get any bass players out there listening um what kind of setup i know we were talking about this uh that you use in live versus studio but not too crazy in the geek thing but just generally what (laughs) kind of gear are you using well uh I'll give you a rig, a run, a rig rundown, but like, it's, I'll try not to drag on too far about <laughs> it. Um, my basic, my basics, my setup's pretty basic. I mean, I don't have a lot of stuff going on. I use, I may have mentioned this before, but I use different setups for different bands. So Fate's Warning has a different pedal board than our Saint does, right? And and so forth. But in general, um, I use the same stuff across the board in both bands, and that is it starts for me. It starts with the guitars and the strings. I use ESP basses. I've been right. using them for years. Um, they have a, a V4 vintage four that they that they had. I don't even. I think it's not available anymore actually. But it's basically a P P bass body. So it's a P bass guy. So I'm still sticking with that. They make great instruments. The necks are great and the bodies are great. Um, and I'm using uh, DR handmade strings. I use high beams. Um, Okay. Just regular gauge, um, and um, they make excellent strings. And to me, that's where all the sound starts. The Are first those thing nickel that touches or, my hand. or steel? They're steel. They're steel, steel. round round strings. Yeah, that's what I and, like too. Yeah, and I've been using them since 1991. So these strings oh, wow. are just phenomenal. Um, and that's where it all starts. Those are the first things that touch. My right. hands touch of the sure. strings, it's, and then it goes from there. It goes into the bass, and I also got EMG X pickups in all of my basses. Um, so my my ESP guitars are pretty much hot rodded to my specs, um, and starts with the EMG Xs. I also am using a Babbage bridge. It's full contact hardware bridge, um, and then I'm using. Uh, that's about it for the bases. I hot rod my pickup guard, my pick guards for, I use a little thumb rest in the back there cause I right. rest my thumb either on the pickup on the P pickup or on the J pickup or on the pick guard. Right. Um, so I have three places I can play. Um, and then after that, it goes into the amp configuration. Um, and that is on me, my pedal board pretty much. In both bands, I'm using the Tech 21 VT Bass DI, and that's basically my preamp. I mean, right. that's where all the tone quality is going into the power stage. So that is basically what I'm using all of my character. That's where it all kind of starts from. And sometimes, like when I'm when I'm playing in Fate's Warning, for instance, I use two different preamps. 
So okay. one is the VT base DI, and the other one is the old uh, Sansamp uh, Tech Twenty One Sansamp base driver, the yellow and black one. Okay. And one is set up super ratty, kind of distorted, Getty Lee kind of thing, and the other one's a lot cleaner for some of the cleaner parts that I'm playing in Fate's Warning. Um, so I like to switch between two different sounds um, depending on what the song is requiring. Oh, yeah. Um, and then with Fate's, I have a, a Zoom B3. It's just an effects box that has multiple things in it. So um, I'm kind of acting as the keyboard guy in Fate's, filling up some right. of the keyboard things that we don't have with us live. So some of the stuff is sort of synth-related synth or you know that kind of thing. Oh, wow. So um, I'm playing a lot of that stuff live on the record. You'll hear is that stuff is pretty much coming from the bass. And then out of there, I go right into the effects return on the back of my heart keys. I'm using the LH1000 heads um, along with the Hartgee 810 high drive cabinets. Um, and sometimes in Europe, I use the 410 and 115 configuration. Right. But but uh, if I if I can, I prefer just the 810s. Um, and that's basically the rig down, the rig yeah. rundown right there. The no, rig down. <laughs> the rig down. No, that's that's sweet, man. Like I said, I've I've always loved it. Um, I got to say too, you, you you make the best faces I've seen, and I've taken my son and I <laughs> took some great ones of you. And I got to say, it's just so cool to see somebody having so much fun. I mean, you know, you see bands sometimes it looks like it's a chore, but with you, I, anything but that. But I guess I guess have to ask, is there is there an exit strategy or are you just going to go until you can't go anymore? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I realized a while ago that I was you know, I heard the term lifer once, and I think I realized a long a while ago that I think I'm falling into that category of someone who's <laughs> just, you know, I'm pretty much going to do this until I can't. Right. Um, I, you know, I've toil toil with these things all the time. You know, it's it's not a great way to earn a living. As a lot of people know, or maybe you don't know, but it, trust me, it is. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I can't imagine it's, it, especially today with the way people steal your music. I mean, it's, it's. Yeah. I don't know how you guys do it, and that's why the meet and greets, I know some people are down on them, but I'm always of the mind of, shit, I mean, if that's what these guys got to do to keep these tours alive, for God's sakes, let them do it, and the fans dig it, it's... It's not like you're yeah. putting a gun to anybody's head and asking him to do it, you know. That's how I yeah. feel. But yeah, exactly. You know, it's the the thing that it's come full the the thing that's come to to fruition for most musicians is that the 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 only way you can really earn any kind of income is by touring and by playing live and being out there, playing for people in person, meeting people, doing these VIPs, and just being available for things in a more social way than it was say growing up in the 70s and 80s when that was kind of unheard of right um but these days that's what it takes you know record sales and selling records is not how most of us earn a living some people sure like if you're selling out arenas and you're of that right. you're in that status sure sure that adds to your thing but even even those bands like the bulk of the money that they even the bulk of money that top artists make is out on tour so um sure. it's true across the board so even at a level that i'm at um I, i'll be doing this 
as long as I can physically and mentally. And as soon as I can't, then I won't. And as soon as it's not enjoyable and it's just, it's, it's starting to kill me, then I probably will have to retire. But right. <laughs> <laughs> until then, I'm in it for the long run. Yeah, that's that's awesome, though. I mean, like I said, as a as a person that's followed you from you know, the early 80s, mid 80s on, it's it's just awesome. I really loved Brian Slagle's book for the sake of the heaviness. I mean, it was a great title, uh, just an awesome look at what an amazing contribution he and that label has made. I mean, their name comes up constantly on this uh, podcast when we talk about bands. I mean, I don't know how you can't. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just think it's really cool. And I see that your wife is now part of the label. Is that is that correct? Uh, not just now. <laughs> well, I'm not saying like just now, but I mean, she <laughs> is part of that. She's been part of the label for 27 years. Oh, my gosh. Um, I didn't realize yeah. it had been that long. <laughs> yeah. She worked her way up. She's been, she started out in production 27 years ago. And I don't know how long she's been an executive, but she's been an executive there for quite some time. I would say probably 19 of those 27 years oh, wow. or something. A long time. She, at this point, is, you know, pretty much. Uh, running the, you know, the label. She's been the, the the chief financial officer for many years now, for both for all of the, uh, all of the labels, which are there's a, there's an office in America, there's an office in the UK, and there's an office in Germany, and she oversees everything worldwide. Oh wow! So she's she's been running the place for quite some time, and um, you know, I'm really proud of her because i think that she had a big hand in making that label a financial success and um you know the bottom line is what she's kept her eye on and so the label has been able to sustain the ups and downs of the trends of how people get their music buy their music steal their music um and all the format changes, you know, she when she started, there were still pressing LPs, you know, for Christ's sake. So, right, right. you know, she's been around the CD, the, you know. Right, the, the evolution you know, the, of the whole thing. The evolution of everything, then digital downloads, and now streaming. I mean, it just keeps changing. And so, oh, wow. Um, I had no idea, Joey, honestly. I When I saw that she was listed, when I was looking at this website, to me, I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. His wife is with the, you know, and I had no idea. <laughs> that's impressive that she yeah. was that involved with it. Because, yeah, I mean, the label is just an icon. I mean, really. Yeah. We met, in fact, it's it's sort of interesting, I guess. Maybe maybe not. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it is interesting um, because we, we actually met um, shortly after she started working there. So she, the way we met was that, um, Armored Saint was um, about to make um, we were about to start recording Symbol of Salvation and this was sort of in late 1990 early 91 and um, we were working on a video that was that we were putting out it was called A Trip Through Red Times and it was kind of a kind of like a, a tribute to Dave Pritchard who had right. recently passed away and it was a bunch of you know bunch of bootleg video stuff and some interview things and so we were working on that with the label and tracy came into the job right at that time 
she was the liaison between the band and the art director that was working at Metal Blade. So Tracy was overseeing the product. And so I was the liaison for the group who was help was gathering all the art materials and supplying, you know, texts and stuff like that to, right. to the label. So Tracy and I became friends just via working that way. And so oh, I cool. ended up, I ended up, you know, going to the office and having meetings with her. And, and then I sort of realized that I was, I was overstaying my, <laughs> my meeting times, just sort of chatting with her about music or, you know, Rolling Stones or just general stuff, you know. And, and so we came, became quick friends. And then during the actual recording of Symbol, which was about maybe six months later, that's when we started to fall in love. And so it was a taboo thing at the time for anyone at the label to be, Oh. You know, having any kind of relationship with any of the artists, oh, it's sure. pretty much frowned on and you're yeah. not supposed to do that. But we went to the dark side and we <laughs> we said, you know, this is this is real and right. this is happening. And we challenged the law of the label. And after a little bit of, a, you know, a little bit of a uh, touchy time, uh, Brian Slagle gave us his blessings and they said, all right. Just, I hope it's I hope it's the real deal and that's really and cool. Literally about nine months after that, we got married. Wow, so we've been together for a long time. That's amazing, man. That's yeah. really cool to hear. That's a very very interesting story about how you guys met. That's that's super cool. Well, I really appreciate again you taking the time out. Is there anything else? I mean, we've really covered quite a bit of stuff, uh, but is there anything? you know, you want to put out before we part ways, uh, again, murder yeah. metal mayhem. We appreciate you doing this podcast for us. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, let's see. I was going to give you some more schedule stuff. Um, yeah, because, um, we are, um, what is going on here? Okay. So I told you about the European thing in August and then, uh, we come back and do these shows in the West coast, California and Nevada. And then in early October, Armored Saint goes to play Mexico City for the first time. We've oh, never wow. played in Mexico City in our entire lives, and it's kind of sad because three of us are actually Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're actually going to go play there at the Force Fest, which is a huge festival outside Mexico City. Slayer and um, uh, Alice in Chains and System of a Down, a bunch of bands are on the bill. It's going to oh, be really wow. cool. Badass. It's a two-day festival. We're playing there on October 6th. And then the rest of the band flies home, but I stay in Mexico City, and I fly down to Santiago, Chile, because I'm meeting the guys in Fate's Warning down there. Oh, jeez. And Fate's Warning is doing three shows in South America. Um, Fate's has only played in Brazil. Um, okay. And so we're getting a chance to play a show in Santiago, Chile, and two shows in Peru one of which is a festival and the other is a headline show. So I'm flying from Mexico City to Santiago, and then we have one rehearsal in Santiago. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, and then we're doing three shows there, and then I fly home about five days after that. Jeez. So, um, and that's right before I go back out to Europe with with armored saint and um i don't know how you do that honestly yeah man. that's crazy a little crazy like a I little bit have, a little i usually have some time to get my cards straight before i switch gears but this one's going to be a little bit nutty yeah so um i just got to make sure and do my homework before i leave um 
for the armored saint thing and and i mean homework with armor with the fates warning because i haven't i would have not played with fates for almost a year so right (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's not stuff to just pick up and just play no no i remember jim called me one time about when joe's dad or i think it was his dad or his mom died and yeah. they were playing in Poughkeepsie, and he said that you were coming in to do it, but he goes, in case something goes wrong, can you do it? I'm like, man, you want me to just play like – I mean, and, and at that time, the songs were quite a bit simpler than they are now. But even yeah. yet, I'm like, man, that's yeah. a tall order, you know. But uh, I remember that. Yeah. They were, I, doing, um, they were doing the entire side of – they were doing Ivory Gates of Dreams, the whole thing. Oh, right. At that time, and – um he called me this probably right around the same time he called you. It was about a week before that Poughkeepsie date, um, and uh, he t- he told me the same thing that yeah. you know, Joe's mom was wasn't looking good, and I was like, well, sh- sure, I guess so. And I was trying <laughs> to learn, trying to learn as much as I could for like five days, and then I got the call, and he says, "Can you be on a plane tomorrow?" And I was like, um, "Holy crap!" Yeah, right, right. So I was in the back of the bus, like I landed there, and I. Him and I went over the whole thing. I made all these cheat sheets and oh shit! And that's no easy like, bit. It took me three di- three gigs to do to get through the whole Ivory Gate things. Oh. Ivory Gates because I did. We did the first two shows, Poughkeepsie, and then we played another show. And then by the time we got to like, I forget where it was, but finally got to the third gig, and I go, all right, I want to do the whole thing, and then, so we did the whole oh. Ivory Gates, plus the set, you know. Oh, man. Yeah, it when you crazy. guys did Quietus, <laughs> I think, on this last tour, or the tour yeah. before, you know, Jim does the letters on his set list, so you can't figure out what they are, and I saw the Q, I'm like, what the hell is that? And I totally yeah. threw me, and that was so wicked, because I hadn't heard that in a long time, so just really yeah. cool. Huge fan of of yeah. both your bands, man, really, truly am. So, again, cool. Joey, thank you very, very much, and uh, get some rest because it sounds like you're going to you. be a pretty busy <laughs> guy. I will. Thanks for having me. My All pleasure. Right. Thanks a lot, man. See ya. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Mother, mother, man.